0: Bibles to the Book of Proverbs. We, um, we have been walking through some themes in the Book of Proverbs for the past six weeks, and today it's going to be the last uh, message in our, our series. Really enjoyed uh, walking through Proverbs with you guys. And Proverbs has a lot to say about the subject of friendship, about how to choose friends wisely. And the impact that that has on our our lives when we choose them wisely and when we don't choose them wisely. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Let me tell you where we're going to go from here. Next Sunday, I'm going to be in Genesis 35. If you want to read over like the first 15 verses of Genesis 35 that'll help you get ready for next Sunday. It's going to be kind of a special message on personal revival and renewal kind of leading into our thirst conference, but we'll we'll be there next week. But today is going to be our last message in Proverbs and we're we're seeing what Proverbs has to say about friends. And fools, <laughs> and it has lots to say about both friends and fools. So let's let's pray together as we begin. Father, we we thank you for the guidance that we get from your word on the vital subject of friendship. We pray that you would would show us today more about what friendship entails, what kinds of friends that we should seek, how to cultivate deeper, more meaningful friendships. And we pray that you would show us what to avoid and whom to avoid in, in the choosing of friends. We also pray that you would show us today that you are our greatest friend and that Jesus has laid down his life for His friends. And so speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. On September 20th, 1931, two friends, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, went walking down this path in Oxford, England. Both men were professors, English professors at Oxford University at that point. J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings, was a Christian. C.S. Lewis, who went on to write the Chronicles of Narnia and Mere Christianity and the Screwtape Letters, was not a Christian at this point. In fact, he had been an atheist for a number of years. But on this particular walk down Addison's Walk, the name of the trail, on this particular Walk as the two friends talk with one another, God used J.R.R. Tolkien to to say some things that would have a life-changing impact upon C.S. Lewis. And God used that conversation between these two friends to bring C.S. Lewis to himself. And so this walk between two friends led to a walk with Christ for C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis's walk with Christ has, has opened the door for countless thousands of other people to walk with Christ. You are walking with friends throughout the course of your life. And whether you realize it or not, the friends that you choose to walk with are impacting your life in incredibly significant ways. Bill Hybel says this, what passes between close friends are values, convictions, morals, habits, and goals. They pass back and forth whether we realize it or not. So despite our illusions of individuality, we end up being deeply affected by either the wisdom or the foolishness of our friends. And so Proverbs 13.20 says this, whoever walks with the wise... Becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, Proverbs 13.20 tells us about the stakes and what we're talking about today. Because it says that if we choose our friends wisely, there is an incredible payoff in that. That we will grow in wisdom. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But if we choose our friends poorly, it's not just that we will miss out on gaining the wisdom that good friends could provide. It's that we will suffer downright harm if we choose friends poorly. The stakes here are enormous in what we're talking about today. So Proverbs tells us about some fools to avoid and some friends to seek. First of all, let's talk about some some fools to avoid. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good Character. So, what is the what are the what's the kind of bad company that we should avoid in the choosing of close friends? What are some of the types of fools that we need to steer clear of in the choosing of friends? First of all, corrupt fools. Corrupt fools. You know, right at the beginning of the book of proverbs this issue of choosing friends wisely is addressed and some fools to avoid that issue is addressed in the very first chapter beginning in verse 10 proverbs says my son if sinners entice you do not consent if they say come with us let us lie and wait for blood let us ambush the innocent without reason Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood for in vain is a net spread and the sight of any bird but these men lie in wait for their own blood they set an ambush for their own lives wow that tells us about the eventual fate of corrupt fools ultimately they won't get away with anything. They will face judgment, whether in this life or the next. Do you want their fate to be your fate? Chapter four of Proverbs, and verses 14 and following, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. The way of the wicked is like death deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Do you really want to go stumbling through life with these fools? And so, we want to avoid corrupt fools. Second, angry fools. Chapter 22 and verses 24 and 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger. Nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. The person who has a lack of self control with their temper is going to eventually get themselves in trouble, whether with their mouth, or with their fist, or with a gun. And if you choose to associate closely with them, then eventually you are going to be implicated in their trouble. Or their anger will turn on you. We want to avoid angry fools. Third, drunken fools. 23, 20. Be not among drunkards. Now as compassionate Christians, obviously, we want to do all that we can to help people that have substance abuse problems. Jesus would certainly do that. Jesus did that. But reaching out to people is... Very different from hanging out with a circle of people that uh, where you know drunkenness or substance abuse is a part of their of their lifestyle. Reaching out in compassion to people like that, very different from hanging out and making this your main circle of friends. This is common sense. Fourth, we want to avoid mouthy fools. <laughs> Chapter 16 and verses 27 and 28. A worthless man plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. If you hang out with people who are prone to gossip and slander, does it ever occur to you that eventually you're going to be on the receiving end of their gossip and slander? If you choose to hang out with people that whisper about others and violate people's confidence, does it occur to you that eventually it's going to be you that they're going to whisper about and you whose confidence they're going to violate? Chapter 20 and verse 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets Therefore do not associate with a simple babbler. <laughs> 22 10. Drive out a scoffer, and strife will go out, and quarreling and abuse will cease. Have you ever been part of a team of people? Whether it was an athletic team or uh, uh, you know a team at work or even church or just anywhere where you know you're 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 in the context of a of a team of people and there's there's one person that's just continually you know stirring up strife and then they 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 leave they're either kicked out or they or they leave on their own or whatever and it's just remarkable how like everybody just kind of just you can exhale and, and suddenly people aren't fighting anymore and things are just kind of so uh, peaceful and people can r- relax and it's like the whole atmosphere of that place just changes. Well, yeah, exactly. That's, that's because the person who was stirring it up um, with their mouth is, 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 not, is not there doing that anymore. So these, these are fools to avoid. Let's talk about some friends to seek. Friends to seek. What does Proverbs teach us about that? Proverbs 20 and verse six. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. Listen. You can find faithful friends but you have to seek friends like this. These are friends to seek. We have to take some initiative. We have to be proactive in seeking the kinds of friends that we're, we're going to talk about. It's kinda like when I, a lot of times when I can't find stuff around the house in the refrigerator or the pantry or a drawer, and I say to Melissa, honey, I can't find it. And the answer comes it's because you're not seeking it, or at least not seeking it hard enough, because it's there to be found. It, often it's right in front of you, but you're not looking hard enough. And she's, she's always right about that. When it comes to friends, okay, sometimes the reason we don't have quality friends is not because they're not there. I can promise you, in this church, they're here but it takes some effort. You, you've got you've to pray for friends like this and actively seek to involve yourself with people and get involved in the life of the church in a, a small group, a Sunday school class, other contexts where these relationships can develop. God will be faithful to provide these kinds of faithful friends, if we will pray for them and seek them. So, what kinds of, of friends should we be seeking? I'm going to talk about three areas. First of all, friends who will give faithful counsel. Friends who will give faithful counsel. 11, 14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Listen, quality, godly friends who love you are a safety net to keep us from making unwise decisions. And, and we're foolish not to seek their counsel. Proverbs 12 and verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Doesn't mean that we always have to agree with the advice or or take advice, but part of godly humility is to be willing to listen to the advice of people who love you, who care about you, if you're not willing to do that, you've got a pride problem. 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Listen, when you're getting ready to make major life decisions, major life moves, do you vet these things with wise, godly friends? Do you run these things past them and, 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 and test out the soundness of your thinking and your judgment? Well, if you don't, you should. Proverbs 20 and verse 18, plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance wage war. 18, one, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. In other words, if you find yourself and you're seeking to make a decision, and you kind of find yourself kind of like not wanting to ask your you know wise close, godly, trusted friends, if you find yourself kind of like not wanting to run that past them because you're afraid that they might disagree with the direction that you're going in, That's a problem, okay? We, you, you know, if, if you find yourself like isolating yourself and not, and being reluctant, you know, to kind of share what's going on, share a direction that you're taking with godly, wise friends who love you and care about you, friend, that is a problem. Clue phone, wake up. Okay, when we isolate ourselves, and, and, and we're not walking in close fellowship with, with, with godly, trusted friends. That's a huge problem. And when we persist on just doggedly going our own way ag- ag- against the isolating ourselves and, and refusing to even share the direction that we're thinking about going in major life decisions with people who love us and care about us because we really don't want to hear what they have to say and we're afraid that they'll disagree with us? That's a problem. That, that's reason to, that, that itself is reason to question the direction that we're choosing to, to, to go in. So we need friends who will give faithful counsel. Second, friends who give faithful reproof. Now this takes friendship to another level, a needed level. We don't have enough of this. A a, a reproof is when somebody, a friend who loves you, cares about you, speaks hard truth into your life that you need to hear. And it might not be what you want to hear at that moment. And it might be hard for you to hear at that moment. And it might sting at that moment. But it's what you need to hear. That's reproof. And and, and all of us need friends who will give a faithful reproof. You know, you know, one of the most famous uh, proverbs is is 27:17 which says iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another but, but but think about this, okay? The image here is these two things kind of, you know, iron sharpening iron and they're rubbing together, but but that you know, there's friction <laughs> when that happens, but through through that 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 rubbing action, it's sharpened. Okay, and that's, what, that's often what we need. Ray Ortland sa- says this By ourselves, we become dull and blunted and lose our edge. Every one of us needs a friend who will not flatter us, but will refine us. Every one of us needs to go to another person and say, Help me see myself. Help me get sharper for Christ. And if no other person in your church is good enough to play that role for you, the problem is you. The, those types of friends are here. The issue is, are you seeking them? Now listen, when we talk about people who, friends who are willing to give a godly reproof, a godly rebuke, okay, I'm, I'm not talking about people here who just love to criticize. Okay, people like that, let, you kind of have to let what they say kind of roll off you like water off a duck's back, okay? I'm talking about people that love you, godly, wise people. Let me tell you something. When those kinds of people speak godly reproof, godly rebuke into your life, you listen to every word they say. It, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything they say, but you can learn something from what they say. And listen, listen with humility and be thankful that they loved you enough to share that. Proverbs is loaded with verses about this. Let's walk through some of them. Nine, eight. And nine, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. 12, one. Whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. 13, 18. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. 15, 31 and 32. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. 17. 10. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. <laughs> Fools are arrogant. They won't listen, they won't listen to re- reproof or rebuke. You're wasting your time. <clears throat> but wise people will listen. Now, there are two sides to this. First of all, are you willing to humbly Listen to reproof, to rebuke, to words that sting, but words that, are, that you need to hear because they're coming from someone who loves you and cares about you. Are you willing to listen humbly and consider what they say and thank them for having the courage to share it again, we may not agree with every aspect of the reproof we may feel we may you know say well I, I think maybe you're misperceiving something and, and, and that could that could be, but there's always something we can learn when people love us and care about us, and godly people listen. You're foolish not to listen to what they say. All right, and here's the flip side: Are you willing to give godly reproof to your friends? Okay, I'm talking about people who are close to you, people that you love and care about. We're not talking here about being, you know, some critic that just wants to ha- has a critical spirit and wants to go around criticizing. Okay, that's that's not what we're talking. We're talking about in the context of friendship, the people that you're close to, people that you love, if you see them messing up in a certain area, if you see them uh, walking in a way that's kind of going off of the path, um, if you kind of see them acting or saying something in a way that's, you know, that's, that's not godly, are, are, are you willing to give loving reproof, that's not easy, it takes courage to do that, it, especially when you're not, you don't enjoy confrontation, you don't enjoy criticizing other people, and, and, and none of us should enjoy that, but if, if you see a friend that is headed you know, in, a, in a wrong direction, if you see something that, that you, where you need to come alongside and speak words that can help, you are obligated to do that as their friend, to give that life-giving reproof. So, we need friends who give faithful counsel, friends who give faithful reproof. Third, friends who are faithful through it all. Do you have friends that you can count on, that you can call at any time and know that they're going to be there for you? Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times, not just when you're easy to love, not just when, you're e- when it's easy to be your friend, not just kind of when you're, you're winning and things are going great in your life, no, a real friend will love you at all times, not just the good times. Proverbs 20 and verse five. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. I love this proverb. Um, do, you, do you open up to people, to your friends, to people who are close to you? Do you open up your life and your heart to them. Listen, our hearts are so complex. Every single one of us, we have things going on in our hearts that we don't even understand. And it's through the context of of deep and trusting relationships that things get drawn out that need to get drawn out so that we can better understand and be positioned to make better decisions. If you're married, this ought to begin with your spouse. Melissa has a, 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 a very uh, special gift in being able to do this with me because I'll have things that I'm trying to sort through and I can't quite make sense of it, but if, if I'll open up to her and begin to to share my heart she usually doesn't immediately interject with advice but she'll she'll 'll question a little bit she'll probe a little bit, and she'll get me talking more and she'll it'll it'll draw me out and in the context of, of doing that things become clear <laughs> water that was muddy before suddenly kind of clears up. And and so we we want to we want to seek that kind of intimacy in our in marriage if we're married but but listen beyond that guys you need other brothers in Christ in your life that can help with that. Ladies you need sisters in Christ in your life like that. And again that's That's about seeking to walk in relationship with other people. We live in a culture today that can be so isolated. Mark Dever says this, Today is the day of iPhones and iPads, iTunes, and let's just say the whole I life. But is there any space in the I life for the we life of Christianity? A church is about the we life. And it goes against the grain of our culture, which is increasingly isolated as we bury our faces in screens. And we drive into garages and close the garage door into an apartment complex and 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 we and it's almost as if we're entering into our our zone of isolation there might as well be a moat surrounding it like a moat surrounding a castle and we we bury our heads in our in tv screens or phone screens or whatever and we're increasingly isolated as people this is our culture The church of Jesus Christ cuts against the grain of all of that. It's about people engaging in in relationships with one another. We need friends, and I don't mean just Facebook friends. We need friends that we are, are, are walking alongside. Friends that love us, friends that we can trust. And we're walking in, in deep, significant friendships where we are we are sharing with one another. We can open up to one another. We can help to hold one another accountable. We encourage one another. We build each other up. It's called church. But even at church, there has to be some intentionality about this. If, if you just come and you, you worship each Sunday, but yet you kind of remain in your own zone and you kind of maintain a sense of anonymity, th- this is not going to happen. I mean, this happens when you seek these friendships, and God will provide them if you do. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It's not about amassing large numbers of, of shallow acquaintances, it's about finding godly, trusted friends that you can walk with. And that begins with walking with the greatest friend. That's Jesus. Jesus is the friend who saves you. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus has done for us. He's proven his love as the most, faith, most faithful of all friends by going to the cross for us. Jesus is the one who saves you. Jesus is the one who stands by you. you. know, In 2 Timothy 4, Paul there is talking about some sort of fake friends that had deserted him. But he says in the midst of that, he says in 2 Timothy four seventeen, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Jesus is the friend who saves you. Jesus is the friend who stands by you. He says in John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Friend, Jesus is the one who will hold on to you not let you go. He says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And if you don't know that friend, come to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love of Christ. We thank you that we can actually walk through this life with you, that you have demonstrated your love and your friendship by laying down your life for us. We thank you for a church family, brothers and sisters, who love one another. And Lord, I think about there's so many wonderful, wonderful people in our church with all kinds of, of things to give, love they have love for you and knowledge of your word and experiences that you've given them in life and love and wisdom to share and father we pray that increasingly we would be a church family where where people are walking in those kinds of of relationships with one another where, where that that kind of real quality fellowship is taking place not not just here on on Sunday mornings, but, but in relationships beyond uh, this day and the four walls of, of this building. We pray that you would increasingly make us a, a church just that's just filled with those kinds of, of, of friendships and relationships. And so we pray for Sunday school classes like that and, and, and Bible studies like that and just the, the friendships that develop organically as we, as we minister together and, and, and make the effort to get to, to, to know people and, en- and engage with one another. Deliver us from selfishness, from isolation, from, from just the desire to hole up and, 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 uh, and, and not, not be in close relationships with other people. We, we all need one another, and most of all, we need you. If you're here today and you don't yet know Jesus as the ultimate friend, He invites you to come to Himself. He's laid down His life for you. He is risen from the grave. New life and eternal life begins when you turn to Him in repentance and faith and begin to walk with Him as the friend who sticks closer than a brother and then he gives you a new family. That's what we're talking about. He gives you a new family of brothers and sisters to walk with. Father, thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for loving it so much that you gave yourself for it and continue to form this body to bring glory to you. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today as someone who wants to know more about a relationship with Christ, more about our church family, we would love just to talk with you and pray with you. Uh, Pastors will be here during our time of of invitation. We'll be here after the service just to, to, to talk to you about any need that you have in your life. Let's stand together as we sing.